Sunday Gravy. Welcome to Sunday Gravy. This is a podcast based on recent sermons of High Point Community Church, as well as anything else that just happens to be on our mind. If you would like to contact us, you'll find all of our information at highpointcommunitychurch.org or highpoint.community. And now on with the show. Welcome to Sunday Gravy. This is Blake. I'm joined by Pastor Joey Hill. Hello, hello. And Miss Tiffany Wilson. What's up? Today is Monday. <laughs> Yay. And? September 18th, 2023. Good job, Blake. We're coming to you to review September 17th, 2023 mm-hmm. here at High Point. And it's so good to have all you gravy babies with us. Great. You didn't say that last week, by the way. I didn't? You? Yeah. Am I supposed to say it every week? I don't know. I thought it was going to be kind of like your catchphrase. I think it should go on the shirt. Gravy baby. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a gravy baby. <laughs> We're going to keep talking about the shirts. And they one will day. never happen. <clears throat> well, and to, to the point to where eventually one day when they do happen, it's going to be like people will fight for them. <laughs> okay. To the death. <laughs> <laughs> Not that serious. I don't know. They're going <laughs> That's to be a bit that much, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit much. Um, well, what about you guys? You have anything interesting going on this weekend or this week? This week weekend? Since okay. we talked last? Since we gravied last? Uh, well, <laughs> since we gravied. Since the last gravy episode. Uh, no, I, I mean, I think, uh, all, you know, pretty, I, I mean, if you got a kid. That plays football for corner. We're all just gearing up for the big game mm-hmm. Friday night and mm-hmm. uh, Saturday. I'm probably going to be um, at Faulkner at my daughter's college. They're doing like a Parents' Day thing, so I'm probably going to be there on Saturday. This coming, Saturday. this coming Saturday. And you go down and like go in and see like all her arts and crafts on the wall and all. Yeah, that. little macaroni stuff, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that would be. Awesome. Would that be awesome? <laughs> Some college should do that. Of course, that. she's in that those early stages of med school, you know. So it's like you got a bone I can see. Like you got a brain in a jar. Or Some something. college somewhere should definitely do that. Like parents' weekend, and you walk into college <laughs> dorms and hallways, and there's like macaroni art on the walls. Oh, I just yeah. finger painting for some reason. Popsicle I, sticks everywhere. Yes. I just felt like uh, Joey and I were like Chris Farley talking to each other like both of us <laughs> and you you're just on the outside wondering why this is happening because i was like that'd be awesome awesome and he's like that's awesome that's awesome <laughs> you know you remember that you, you remember, remember that you time remember that time joe you remember that time when you did that sermon and you were like jesus is good that was yes. awesome <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to, I'm gonna have to find this on YouTube later. I think you never seen that. Have you not? No. Oh, I've not oh, seen a lot wow. of Chris Farley. Oh. It's Chris Farley interviewing Paul McCartney on SNL. <laughs> okay, and he's asking. <laughs> Remember that time you were in the in the group, in, the Beatles? And he's like, "Yeah, yeah." And Chris would be like, "Yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome." <laughs> <laughs> I will find it. <laughs> I miss that young man. <laughs> what did he say? It was like, is it, um, you know, that line when you said the love you take is equal to the love you make or something like that? And um, McCartney's like, yeah. And he's like, is that true? 
<laughs> you having a hard time with your headset? They keep falling off. Oh no! You ain't got big enough ears to I, hold them on. Guess not. So what did what did y'all do? What did y'all do this this weekend? Oh, this past Wait, weekend. okay. We there was yeah. a lot going on. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was at the women's retreat. A bunch mm-hmm. of ladies from the church. That was a lot of fun. We did some hiking. I think what some did, ladies did some swimming. Quilting, really? crochet. No, but there actually is. <laughs> You're going to laugh. Women's retreat. There I, act- I thought y'all just swapped recipes. Ooh, that's cold, no. man. That is. <laughs> go, go home. Bro. You just made all of our female fan base excitingly we, uh, angry. We- <laughs> I thought all y'all did was go around and uh, learn how to make new sandwiches for your husbands. <laughs> No sandwich making. In fact, a lot of the ladies go on the retreat. So how was the retreat? I don't know. I'll tell you after dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh man, I'm not going to tell you nothing else. So much fun. Send all your emails to Blake Wingo. No. Yeah. Send no, it to fun, my old AOL address. Funny enough, there is there is a quilting group that does their retreat there, and this is the second time that we've been there at the same time as them. <laughs> were they were they working on their quilt? You sure I didn't Clark? see them working on their quilts, but yeah. when you walk by, like their cars parked in front of their cabin, they had like um, decals and stuff on the back of their cars about quilting. It was in, interesting. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Do y'all remember how, when scrapbooking was like massively? Popular, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they were, they they had stuff on the back of their cars. I'm yeah. a scrapbooker, oh, kind yeah. of stuff. Mm-hmm. It, yep. That stuff's expensive, by the way. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah. you had these little stores popping up. You know, mm-hmm. we'd be in Gatlinburg, and what are you supposed to buy in Gatlinburg? Candy. That's what you buy in Gatlinburg. Beef jerky. candy, beef fudge, jerky. beef jerky, mm-hmm. or Fanny Farkle corn dog, or something like that. Throwing stars. Why are we? <laughs> Cowboy the boots. India shop, right? <laughs> no, that was at Central Plaza. Oh, that's right. The India shot was in <laughs> China, China Bazaar. China Bazaar. That's it. That's where you would get your magic tricks and your throwing stars, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> magic tricks, I go somewhere else. But, but you go to Gatlinburg, you know, to buy that kind of, mm-hmm. you know, very valuable stuff. And um, and there were times where my wife was like, oh, there's a scrapbooking store. Let's go in. I'm like, Mm-mm. we can't afford it. <laughs> Not if it's a whole store dedicated I to mean, it. You, buy a pack. you know they're overcharging. It's like you go in there, I'm going to stay over here, put a toothpick under my toenail, and kick a wall. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that just hurt. That does hurt. Just a thing. Because that's what I would rather do. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, my So, goodness. anyway, the retreat was fun. It was a lot Good. of fun. It was centered around the idea of. Rest and does Dustin did an amazing job teaching and um, I saw the shirts they had like a Greek word on the yes, front I guess that means the, rest yep, right yep it's the Greek okay. word for rest really seemed long for rest it, it does it doesn't is long. it I thought the it same really thing. is a, what is it a perno anapao anapao we had we looked it up and like played the audio because we wanted to know how to pronounce it I know pao y'all y'all get that that's a pothole isn't it funny that the when you look up and i know y'all have seen this before when you start looking up word pronunciation oh. joey, joey i know you've done this before yes. because like with bible study and like with your sermons and stuff like that we'll look up words and have want to know how to pronounce them yeah <clears throat> one of I the did most it this com- past sunday by the one way one of the most common ones and i know you've heard this guy is a guy with like an indian accent Oh, yes. This is how you pronounce the this word. Is, yeah. <laughs> this is how you pronounce the word. Anapaho. Anapaho. 
<laughs> it's so funny. Please use like, that in a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, in a pothole. <laughs> We're in the ditch. We are yeah. in the ditch. No, I actually did that. I actually did that this Sunday because I knew I was going to be talking about languages. Mm-hmm. And I talked about Spanish. And when I said, Como esta? I love it. Como esta? I love it when Joey tries to use an accent. <laughs> it doesn't work. Como esta? How are you? <laughs> this is how you say the word. And sometimes, he, sometimes he'll just, <laughs> just <laughs> spontaneously apply an accent <laughs> to a word. We've talked about this before, haven't we? Yeah. We talked about it, like he would say on a paho, and he'll just for whatever reason he'll go Japanese. Yes. On a paho. We have pao. talked about this. <laughs> just like spon- spontaneously, or he'll go like Italian on a paho. On a paho. On a It's like where did that come from? Oh, I got laughed at when I was. Uh, when I was uh, trying to say what the farmer said, hey, have a day, you know, oh, yeah. that with the sheep. Calling the sheep. Yeah, that was funny. Yes. It, my sons were like, Dad, we were all dying laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it made me want to go outside and try it and just see if any sheep wandered up. Though. Don't you? Don't you want to lie? Is that. Bare me. I, mean, I think you missed the point of the right. video, if that's your question. Con- <laughs> no, confession, do y'all ever just go in your backyard and make animal calls? Because I do. Just to see what comes up? I do my 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 duck call with my mouth, you know, the because I was doing it the other day, and <laughs> Joey was trying to imitate it. He's like, how do you do that? Yeah, do it again. I, did a... I hope that comes across on the recording. <laughs> I think it did. I Should, can hear it pretty good. So I'll do that and uh, just see if, uh, you know, see if any ducks fly over. <laughs> it's not, it's actually not an effective duck call. Like real duck hunters yeah. would laugh at that. I know. I know. <laughs> Have you ever been duck hunting? Not really. Okay. Not really. I've been around it and I've helped like do duck blinds and things mm-hmm. like that for people, but I've never, I don't know that I've actually ever like went out with dogs, but I've been like yeah. in blinds and had people call them and stuff yeah. like that. But Yeah. You know, we had a guy in our church that had a farm, you know, and mm-hmm. he, would, he would take a lot of guys from here duck hunting. And I went on my first duck hunt and I was shocked at how when you do the duck call, mm-hmm. he's like, just wait for it. And I'm like looking up in the sky and it's still kind of dark. Yeah, was- He's like, don't look up, listen. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And I'm telling you, those things sound like little fighter jets coming in. They go, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like what? I did not. And, and they would even like dip, and they'd be like, mm-hmm. like that. And I was just blown away by the fact you can hear them like that. It makes me wonder how fast a duck flies. And then they were blown away. And then they were. <laughs> <laughs> what else did you do this weekend, though? I don't kill God's creatures. <laughs> <laughs> Except when they're stupid and delicious. <laughs> exactly. Yes, unless it's my son's birthday. <laughs> and then we have steak. <laughs> so anything else? Mm. Mm. I went and played uh, 18 holes of golf with, with some of the students. Nice. And when? yesterday afternoon. Oh, on Sunday? Yes. I know. Keeping it keeping the Sabbath holy. And um I drove to Silicaga Sunday. Well, 
That sounds exciting. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Saturday, but, I did go speak at an event. Yeah. At Summerton Church of God. It oh, was, yeah. I want to hear about that. But I want to tell you, yeah. I was about to complain. You cut me off. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I need to. You know, have you, you ever noticed if you don't get to finish the complaint? <laughs> get it out. It's like a piece of meat lodged in yes. your chest. Get it out. But um, I got to get it out. Why don't kids listen to you? Like, why don't when uh, teenagers listen <laughs> Hold to on you? to Blake specifically. <laughs> yeah. he, he sounded I, I'm asking like, any of y'all. It really why, felt like it was directed at me. Right. So let me tell you about the youth event I spoke at this week. <laughs> 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 Why don't teenagers listen to you? I don't know. That's a great point. <laughs> so I told them, I said, look, I was like, because they were like, Dad, like, because, you know, if you ever notice this when you play golf, like guys think they can play golf, or golf a lot quicker than they really actually can. Oh, yeah. Because there's too many variables. It could be a slow players in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just you're, you're just hitting everything in the woods and you're out there <laughs> looking for them, you know, right. whatever. So anyway – I told the kids they they were like, "Hey, Dad." So we set a we set a time for four twenty, and and so it was like it's going to be a foursome. And so it was like, you know, well, guys, at four twenty, I started doing the math. I was like, "It'll be dark. We won't finish 18. And they're like, "Oh yeah, we will. We played nine the other day and played it in this." And I was like, "We're not going to finish. We're going to go pay for golf that we will never never play." Yeah. And they were just like, "No, no, no. We'll get it in. What times it get dark?" They were like, 8 o'clock. It gets dark at 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, not now. No, it's not early. now. And yeah. Not this late. And they're like, oh. So we've been out there. We've been out there at 730 before on the driving range. Well, see, what they don't understand is is there's really no trees around there, so you still have light. But mm-hmm. when you get in those narrow fairways where there's trees towering mm-hmm. above you, it's pitch black. You can't see. Yeah. So we literally did not play the last four holes. Like I said, mm-hmm. and the the last one we played, we seriously barely could. It was a par three. We barely could see where our balls land. I actually hit a great shot. It was on the green. Thank you very much. You know, <laughs> you could, you could, oh, my yeah. word. I mean, okay. I put it right by the pin. <laughs> Here's and what, that's what you wanted. That's what I wanted. But Sorry. So... <laughs> And so, but it was so dark he, that that when I putted, I putted it right off the grid. I, I didn't even, I couldn't even see the hole. Yeah. And so then, at, then on the end, you know, you're driving back, and it's like the eight, you know, 18th fairway is a par five right there yeah. at Horse Creek. And my boys are like, Dad, I just want to swing that driver one more time. I just want to swing swing that driver one more time. I was like, well, you won't see where it lands. And so. It just turned into this big fun thing where we all hit drives, and then who could go find their ball the first? You know, yeah. wins wins what? Nothing, just yes. not, you know, bragging rights. Pride. Bragging rights. So we're racing in golf carts and stuff. Yeah. I was like, they'll never let us back on this place. But <laughs> anyway, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Shout out to uh, Keegan Snyder. He works there. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, uh, and he, wanna... he was standing there, and I want to apologize to Keegan because he's standing there, and he's looking at us as we come, like, flying up at our golf carts, and I was he's like... Ready to go home. He's been... I was like, dude, <laughs> I said, our number one goal today was to see how late we can make Keegan stay at work. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I appreciate it. Yeah. He said, I didn't know when y'all were coming back in. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. So, why don't kids listen? I want no, people kidding. to know that you pointed at the pad for me to give you applause when you hit it on the when you hit it on the green <laughs> well when you don't hit the green often you need applause cue the applause mm. 
Yeah. What about you, Blake? What so you let's do? hear about your uh, weekend. Well, with the... so that it was a let's see, yeah, it was Saturday morning. So this weekend they were having a a kind of a combined. I get, I guess you could call it like a D now, you know, weekend type student thing weekend for uh, multiple of the Church of God churches in mm-hmm. the area. So it was Summit Church of God, Dilworth. Church of God, Empire Church of God, Bagley Church of God, I believe. Um, I think that was it. I can't. Anyway, but they they uh, they came together and they had a weekend, and uh, I was asked to come do a couple of special sessions on Saturday, specifically, kind of talking about apologetics and some of the student leadership teams with the churches have been interested in that. And so, yeah. For whatever reason, they asked me. It worked out, but yeah. So, how many students? You? I don't know. I don't know. Those. Did you talk to the large, massive group as Mm -hmm. a whole? Okay. Yeah. So it was. Um. They had services on Friday night. They had like a ten forty five service on Friday night because they were waiting. They kind of handled that like a fifth quarter after the ball games, and then. Some of the churches split and went into homes. Some no, of them, you didn't uh, do apologetics Friday night. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> but it's almost say, just as bad because the, you know, they after used they, you to put kids to sleep. After, That's what well, they did. After they stayed up till three a.m., we did it on Saturday morning. Oh. So, no, it was like Saturday. You think we did, we'd figure that out? We did the first session <laughs> at ten thirty. We did one session at ten thirty, and then we just mm. took like a ten or fifteen minute break, and then did the second session, mm. and then they ate lunch, and then went back to their host homes. Dilworth was doing it like lock-in style. Shout out to the McKinney's over there, Patrick and Melanie leading their student ministry. Yeah. So they were doing theirs uh, lock-in style there at the church. So they, they had all the kids at the church like split up and yeah. God bless their heart. Oh, I know. (laughs) I was, I told him, I told him, I was like, you know, we, our student ministry, we haven't done one of those in a long time that I can remember. I haven't heard of one of those in a long time. We used to do them at the church I grew up in. Well, they talked about doing one again here at some point, and they were like, I I told him, I said, I'm busy that weekend, though. And they were like, well, we hadn't planned it yet. And I was like, I know, but I'm busy that weekend. (laughs) (laughs) I can't be there. I can't be there. As much as I wish I could, you know, I can't. Yeah. Sorry, I'm having to adjust my mic. I can't decide how I want to sit. Mm. But anyway, that was um, that was it was a good time. Yeah, I enjoyed nice. it. The highlight for me, the yeah. take home, yeah, was man they had a cookie cake at lunch that was next <laughs> level. <laughs> I'm talking about a cookie cake that brought it, mm. like brought the house down. It was a, uh, I I I want to know where they got it from. So, anybody listening? Any of you adults that were there, whoever was responsible for the cookie cake, mm. like I went back in and I complimented the cookie cake like two or three times, and then <laughs> I see what you do. Philip turns around, do what? <laughs> no, go keep no, going. No, Philip, Philip turns around and he thinks I'm just being nice, I guess. Yeah. But he turns around and I got another piece of cookie cake. <laughs> And then <laughs> why I'm trying to finish one up and they're taking a group picture and they want me to jump into it. And I got ice, icing. It was a like a all right, imagine like a full size cookie cake, but like in a rectangle. Yeah. And then they just and then they made they essentially made a cookie cake size double doozy. Oh wow. Mm. So it was cookie, yeah. icing, cookie, and then they decorated the top of the double doozy with icing. Oh nice. my goodness. 
Icing next. is best. Part. That'll put you in a coma. Oh, I know. I was, I was so, sugar rush. Was it yeah. homemade or was it bought? No, I think it was bought. I think they ordered oh. it from somewhere. Anyway. So we had at camp this weekend. We were getting our lunch, and I saw someone in the kitchen cutting up fresh strawberries. I was like, oh, what are the strawberries for? And they're like, we're going to make strawberry cupcakes for dinner. What? So they made. You shouldn't eat strawberry cupcakes oh. for dinner. With dinner. Okay. Yeah, to go with dinner. <laughs> for dinner time. So they made these strawberry cupcakes that were to die for <clears throat> the next morning. They had the exact same thing with no icing. They were strawberry muffins for breakfast. Oh. Just as good. I just <laughs> want to point one observation out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, most of the time, I'm coming to you two saying, hey, so I got to go speak here at this youth event, or I got to go to this camp, or I got to go to this conference, mm-hmm. or whatever. And y'all are just kind of left, you know, fending the fort. But mm-hmm. this weekend, it's the opposite. You, you two left me. Yeah. Yeah. Left you playing golf. <laughs> well, we weren't playing golf. We were chasing <laughs> balls on in the, the golf dark. Course. <laughs> in the dark. So I've got a, I got something, and I feel like I keep doing this, but it's just so interesting to me. I was on my morning run this morning. <laughs> oh, you got to put that in there. <laughs> I was on my morning run this uh-huh. morning. <laughs> Taking a jog, no, and I was. I'll listen to podcasts when I'm if I'm jogging, mm-hmm. and your own, huh? Your well, own normally no, normally no. But then this morning, one ended that I was listening to, and the next one on my playlist because an episode mm-hmm. of the Unclever podcast had dropped this morning, and it started auto playing it because it's yeah in my mm-hmm. podcast, sure. my list yeah. of podcasts. So <clears throat> it started auto playing it, and this was another situation. That I thought. You know, instead of a say what, so I had a couple of little articles and stuff that I was thinking about for like a say what segment, but this episode of the podcast dropped that we called Meemaw's House, mm-hmm. and I thought this would be an interesting one to ask mm-hmm. Tiffany and Joey about. Yeah. So the the premise of the podcast, I'm not trying to like cross promote here, okay? That's not what I'm doing. I just you say that every time. <laughs> I know right. I say it every time. You say it every time. This is like go the listen six, to Unclever. It's like the go to bedayking.com. Unclever. Unclever is driving Sunday gravy. Yeah. <laughs> no. So it was, um, but I was listening and I and I thought I was like, this would be an interesting one to ask them about. So the the premise of the episode was this: What are some things that you find only at your grandparents' house. Okay. What What do you need? Where are you pointing at? Oh, you're not going to... Is this the say what? Yeah, this is, is the say, say what. what? Did oh. you want me to play it? Does it, yeah. it makes you feel like you're less than if I didn't. <laughs> say what? <laughs> I, like, I like how you point at the uh, thing. Like, I just like, <laughs> I know what you're doing. I thought we shared the same brain. I know, you point at that. Yes. <laughs> Okay. That. That's no, what I wanted. Wait, wait. No. no. That. What? Nope. <laughs> just play them all. I, I just hit them all at Next once. time, that's what I'll do. Just like the elevator keys. Yeah. I'll just slide oh, down yeah. them. <laughs> what elf? That's funny. Speaking of gra- grandparents' house, my granddad used to do that at the dinner table. When he wanted something, he would just point. Just point. He wouldn't even say. He would just be like. <laughs> yep. I it's give too y'all... much work to open your mouth. Right. He just, just point. I could give y'all some of the ones that came up on our episode, mm-hmm. uh, some of the ones I liked, but um, I was just curious. 
what are, what's something? Is there anything that comes to mind when I say think about your grandparents' home? It's only at my grandparents. Well, home? not only necessarily, but like like always. You just remember seeing it. Mm-hmm. That it was mm-hmm. something that was at your grandparents' house that maybe you didn't see many other places. Mm. This is kind of like a throwback feels type thing, right? Sure, sure, sure. Um. Well, I don't know if this falls in the vein of what you're looking for, but it never failed. Every time I went to my grandmother's house on my dad's side, uh-huh. never failed. Um, if you walked in that house, it always smelled like boiled peanuts. Yeah. Because my grandmother always had one of those huge, giant pans mm-hmm. boiling on the stove full of boiled peanuts because they ate them things like it's going out of style. And yeah. when and when and you would think that when they know guests are coming, family's coming, they're cooking it for them. Right. No, yeah. no, it's just on there for them. And there's always there. now they got to share, and they're not happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> that was that's sort of that was actually really close, sort of to one of the ones that I said. Um, oh yeah. So because everybody's grandparents' house has like a um, a distinct smell to it, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And one my grandparents' house, my, my on my mom's side, to me smelled like what my granddad's drawer beside his chair smelled like. Oh yeah. And so <laughs> yeah. if you if you walked in my granddad on his little end table beside his recliner, he had just a few things. He was a, a fisherman. He ran trot lines a lot. Mm-hmm. So he was constantly on his table he had just like four items. He had a roll of fishing line and a big box of steel fishing hooks. And he was constantly basically uh tying fishing hooks as leads for his trot line. Mm. And he would he would tie those fish hooks, and then he would stick them in a in another bag on the other side of his chair, or beside down on the floor beside his chair. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so he did that a lot when he's watching TV. When he's watching mm. the Cubs game or Perry Mason, that's what he was doing. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, the only other things on that table were the TV remote, and uh, when they had one that was working, usually it was just a set of pliers, you know, on the little knob thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, and uh, a set of handheld nutcrackers, mm-hmm. like the uh, steel, oh, yeah. metal ones, the steel ones with just a single hinge. You yeah, know? yeah. And did that, he have walnuts sitting there? Because my <clears throat> grandparents always had walnuts in that drawer. <laughs> if you open that drawer, it was completely full of walnuts and pecans. Yes, and that's what he would sit there. And he have a little trash can or a coffee can mm-hmm. there, and he would crack walnuts and eat walnuts mm. and pecans. The only other thing in that drawer would be three or four cans of snuff. Mm. Yes. And so that's what my granddad's, or that's what my grandparents' house smelled like to me was Mm -hmm. fresh nuts and snuff. (laughs) (laughs) And so I would go over there and open that drawer as a kid and smell that. And I'd be like, oh, that's what their house smells Mm -hmm. like. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That was one of the ones I I thought was, it's kind of along the same lines. Yeah, I think it's, I think our our grandparents, we probably share a lot because like my grandparents were, and of course one of my, Famous lines is is that side of my family was Budweiser drinking, sw- <laughs> Swisher sweet smoking. They love Swisher sweet cigars and snuff dipping family. Yeah, and in many cases that was just my grandmother. You know, so <laughs> but um, but no, like you walked in, you had those smells, and yeah. they were just oh my goodness. The other thing I remember is every time I'd walk in, that when you walked into their living room, they kind of had one of those living rooms that was larger than normal and they but they ate it up with like what they thought would be a dining room 
but it was just mainly a kitchen table, you know, mm-hmm. uh, back behind the couch. And there was really no room to p- put a chair there. It would always bump up against the couch. But sitting on that, they liked that because that table went all the way up against the wall mm-hmm. and there was a window there. So you didn't have chairs mm-hmm. on, on one side of it. And my grandfather would sit on this side of that table and there would always be, always, never without fail, a set of binoculars and a a bird book, yep. a book on birds. Like he would sit there and bird watch. Mm-hmm. And he and every time I'd come, he'd be like, Now, Joey, you're not gonna believe what I saw the other day. I saw I saw a bluebird swallow or something like that. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I've never heard of that, Papa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that was that was uh, another memory. Yeah, mm-hmm. my my grandmother loved hummingbirds. And so she had like mm-hmm. a hummingbird feeder in every window. Mm-hmm. And she had little like glass hummingbird figurines on shelves everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I remember though is either peppermints or the little like butterscotch candies or Werther's. Werther's Originals. There was always a bowl of something like that sitting around. Yeah, I brought up Werther's Originals on ours, um, and uh, Alex Varden brought up the little uh, strawberry candies. that like the the strawberry cream. Yeah, well, the wrapper looks like a strawberry. Yeah, yeah. One of mine was grandfather clocks. Yes. Uh, my grand, my dad's mom had grandfather clocks and she would like upgrade her grandfather clock and then move her old grandfather clock into another room. And mm-hmm. then by the time, you know, she passed, I think there's like four grandfather clocks in the house. <laughs> so that was, um, that was a good one. Lace curtains. Yeah. I don't think I've seen <clears throat> lace curtains anywhere except my grandparents' houses. Yeah. <clears throat> well, one of my favorites from our episode was, <laughs> I thought this was so funny, but it's so true. And this was another one of, of Varden's was he said, um, country crock and Cool Whip containers with food in, yes. it, in the fridge. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was the Tupperware. And it's just sure. like you open the fridge and it's just like you would open up and there'd be like 16 country crock containers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm just trying to find the butter. <laughs> 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 yes. Or getting yeah. duped. Yeah. Or your you Judas. <laughs> or your grandmother say there's you some left, me. there's some leftover mashed potatoes in the refrigerator and you open it up and you're like, oh, can we can we not? Yes. And my grandmother actually went to the point to where she had labeled all her country crock containers. Mm. So she had a she had one that was like that one's dedicated to mac and cheese. You know, <laughs> that one's dedicated to dressing. Oh yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Well yeah. Brownie's grandmother, she she would freeze everything. It mm-hmm. didn't matter what it was. Yep. She would not put it in the fridge in a container like that. She would freeze it. And in her mindset, I can unthaw it at any time. Right. Yeah. And it won't go bad. Yep. And so literally, uh, I remember the first time I was over there, they were, I, you know how it is. You're, you're wanting to make an impression on them because you're dating their mm-hmm. granddaughter. Um, but at the same time, they're trying to make an impression on you. And so she was overboard and going, now, Joey, do you want some corn? Because I got some corn. All I got to do is unthaw it. Yeah, I, it'll be. She goes. It'll be on the. I'll throw it in the microwave. It'll be on the table in five minutes. Uh, n- n- no, 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 Miss Rushing. I'm, I'm good. I appreciate that though. Thank you for offering. She's like, well, how about peas? I got peas. I got frozen peas, and I can unthaw those things. And I mean, she was just going on and on and on. You know, it's just like that's hilarious. Yeah. And, oh, and she froze mac and cheese. She froze everything. That's it funny. was funny. That's what I want is a corn popsicle. <laughs> 
You know what I've really this been craving? This side's hot and this side's still frozen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I've really been craving. My grandmother, for the longest time, had two refrigerators in her kitchen. Mm-hmm. One was just sodas. Mm. So that everybody had whatever kind of soda they liked when they came over. Hmm. All right. I have a question for y'all. Were your grandparents people that hid money in their house? And did you ever find it? So, e- I don't think. If, my, if they hid money, I never found it. You never it. found it? My grandparents had, like, places they would put money. I yeah. wouldn't necessarily say it was hidden, per se, like, because yeah. everyone knew where it was. Mm-hmm. They knew where to go to find, like, a few dollars cash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, I had a great uncle. My granddad's brother was very notorious for, for hiding money, like, mm. and not just money, but large sums of money. Yes. Mm. That's what I'm talking he, about. He, quote, Quote, did not trust banks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was the way my grandparents <clears throat> were. And so, actually. They trusted cigar boxes more than they did the bank. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. When he passed away, um, and his wife, my great aunt, was still living, he he passed, and we went over to their house, and at her request, helped me find all this money he's hid. And I'm talking about. <laughs> now, that is an Easter egg hunt. Right. <laughs> now, I'm talking about. Tens of thousands. Yes. Of yeah. And and mm. not only that, but and so this is where it gets really interesting. I might start another national treasure right here. Uh, <laughs> uh, so a lot of that those homes were destroyed in the tornadoes in 2011. Mm. But before that, before she had passed, and then my aunt had moved into this house uh, and lived there for quite a while. But they had um, they knew that, like I said, he was notorious for hiding things, right? Or, mm-hmm. and, and I'm talking about he would hide, hide, like mm-hmm. floorboards that would be just oh, loose enough yeah. to get it up. Oh, yeah. Inside of air vents, you know, uh, up in the attic space that you couldn't even hardly get into. That mm-hmm. sort of stuffed into places. Well, he had a little outbuilding that was like his little shed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had two of them. He had one that was like his little shed and then one that was a chicken coop that he later converted to more of like a workshop right. shed that he spent all his time in. Mm-hmm. Like that's what he did every day is he would get up, watch a little TV, drink a cup of coffee, and then go piddle in one of those sheds pretty much all day yeah. long. And all of that was destroyed. And during the tornadoes, that was all blown away. But we know... According to my great aunt, she knew for a fact that multiple occasion, occasions he had put things in old thermoses or coffee cans and buried them somewhere around those sheds. Hmm. So there's no telling how much money yeah. is buried there. And yeah. you got to have people going, what's that pastor's name? <laughs> Blake Wingo. I have a metal detector. That took his family up. So, you know, we have a guy at our church who's, who's like an expert metal detector. Like here. Did not know that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he, he's at Bible study every Wednesday night. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to incriminate him. I'm not going to say his <laughs> name, but he <laughs> yeah. uh, he probably wouldn't want me broadcasting his name. But when I say he's an expert metal detector, like he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, he's been doing it for a long time. It's paid off for him is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Like he knows what he's doing. And so I've talked to him about this, and he's like, we'll go. Like he's the kind of guy that's like he he's walking around. He's like that's not a coffee can. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. When it goes off, yeah. like he knows what it is. Like he mm. he knows his stuff. Yeah. Interesting. So I've considered because and that's the thing too is after the tornadoes came through and they tore everything apart. Do you you realize how many like um, 
scrap nails and screws and stuff that's embedded into the ground. Oh, I'm sure. Because yeah. of the tornadoes. Oh, sure. You see what I mean? Yeah. So it's like because a house is being demolished and structures mm, being right. bulldozed and things like that. There's like It's just co- covered with layers of who knows what. But somewhere through there, as deep as he could probably dig it in about 10 minutes with a set of post hole diggers, there's coffee cans that are buried mm. that have thousands of dollars in them. They're like little missile silos. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. waiting to explode fortune yeah. on people. He, uh, <laughs> my great aunt said that at one point he even had, um, what do you call them? The, um, the little notes that they would get. What, what's the term I'm looking for? The little notes that they'd get from the bank. Oh, like a promissory note? No, the, um, I think I know what you're talking about the, and I can't think of the name of it. Savings bonds. Yes. Bonds. Yeah. Yeah. Bonds. yeah. Yeah. That, that he had savings bonds. Hmm. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine if you pulled one of them coffee cans out and it was stocky bought in like Apple <laughs> or McDonald's <laughs> like, like 50 years ago? Yeah. <laughs> Joey's phone mm. ring. Uh, hey, man, this is Blake. Hey. Yeah, hey, hey, did you find something over at your uncle's place? Well, yeah. Oh, what did you find? Well, I'm just calling in Rich. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't be in tomorrow. <laughs> right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I'd I'd give you two weeks notice. <laughs> oh, I. I yes. I would. I would let you go. No, I would you let know you what go, would happen. You would I have would to show, first pay for our building. Well, program. that's what I was going to say. <laughs> you make a generous donation, and I'll accept your notice. <laughs> I, I would pull into the parking lot, holding the coffee can, screaming, "Celebrate ten! Celebrate <laughs> ten! Let's go!" If you go to High Point, you know what that means. Phase yeah. one, phase two, knocking it out. <laughs> next, next. Oh, that'd be it. awesome. I love it. I love it. <laughs> that one of the uh, other things that I brought up on the episode about that was um, because both my grandparents' house was built, you know, a long time ago. It was older construction, mm-hmm. and there wasn't really strict building codes, if any, building codes, right? Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of times, they were trying to build something as cheaply as they could possibly do it, but effectively, you know, make it yeah. strong. Mm-hmm. And that's what's weird. Like you'll you'll walk in some of these old houses, and it's like. Man, this thing looks rickety because it's not following code in this way and this way. But then at the same time, it's like, but it has stood here for 120 years right. or right, whatever. You know, right. it's like, yeah. and, uh, but low ceilings, mm-hmm. like a lot of grandparents' homes will have like older homes like that would have oh, like yeah. low ceilings. Yep. And you'd walk from one room in the house to the next. And for no apparent reason, not because the pitch of the roof or anything. It would just be lower. It would just be yep. lower. Like uh-huh. we had rooms in, in my grandparents' house that had like uh-huh. seven foot ceilings. Yeah. Yep. And my grand, my 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 dad's parents, their house was built on a crawl space that later on, my granddad get this, went into the crawl space and hand dug a basement. What? Yeah. So imagine like this, like this wall in here. Imagine this is a this is a, a crawl space wall, and you're inside of a crawl space, and this is a block wall that's just you know two or three blocks high. Yeah. All right. So it's like he came off of the wall a foot or two. So there would be enough dirt remaining for that foundation to sit on. Mm-hmm. And then he goes into the center and just starts digging inside the crawl space Mm-mm. to the point to where he can dig down. And then he starts working his way towards the wall and then stops a foot or so off the wall so that foundation can remain. And then he does like surface cement on the walls and on the floor, mm-hmm. like pour cement. So he has a hand dug basement inside of a crawl space. 
That's it's, insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And terrifying at the same time. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like I would never be brave enough to dig up under a house like that. Yeah. <laughs> and they were um, in the house that was like a, uh, um, when you would go into then that basement. Then they put basement. stairs in? Oh, yeah. So they took a broom closet that was just at the end of a hallway. It was like a little small closet mm-hmm. that was literally like an old school broom closet. Like the door, I think, was like 14 inches wide. I would have to turn sideways. <laughs> to go down. To go downstairs. But when I would, but you open that door and they just cut the floor out of the closet and built a little, like, almost not spiral, but zigzag set of stairs going down into that basement. When you'd get down into the basement, you'd have to duck your head. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. like, well, I would anyway. By the time I was in, like, high school, the bottom of the floor joists were, like, right at six feet. Mm. Yeah. So I couldn't stand up straight and walk around in the basement. Or I, I wonder went, if he Pow. quit digging because he hit rock or something. I don't know. Isn't that wild, though? That is wild. That's but that wild. that house is still standing strong. There's a there's a pretty decent sized family still lives in that. You know what's interesting about our grandparents that I don't see a lot in the younger generations is you, don't tell them they can't do something. Oh no. Oh I know. Yeah. Oh they'll do it. What do you mean I can't put in a basement? What? Right. <laughs> you got a crawl space in there, Granddaddy? What? Boy, I can crawl in there. I could get me a my old army shovel out of the out of the chest at the end of my bed yeah. there. Yep. So there was yeah. one. There was one room, <laughs> and sorry. I don't know how I they did it, it but it went outside of the foundation walls. So my grandma, and this is where they would go during storms too. Mm-hmm. So um, they had cut out the block down to the level of the floor, and then they had dug in, dug out, and then I guess at some point he excavated from the top. I don't know, but they put some sort of supports in there, but it was all like wood. Yeah. I guess mm-hmm. it was just like layers and layers of joists or something or yeah. posts maybe. I don't know. I can't remember uh-huh. what the ceiling looked like, but they did a room with like a six foot ceiling. Like I would have to walk around crunched over, but it was dirt walls and it was outside of the foundation. Like wow. it was just under dirt. And that was their storm cellar, but that was also her canning room. So you'd walk in there and there are, there are shells that are literally stuck into the dirt walls and there's just 360 degrees all the way around you, there's cans. <laughs> and no way out. No way out. So if they got, if the house got crushed down, they would have been trapped. Buried alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, when I would walk in there, it and it was always wet, you know? Mm-hmm. Like oh. it was always wet because it was a dirt floor in there. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, when I would walk into that room, it gave me like immediately the hair on the back of my yeah. neck would stand up. Because it's like you admit, you feel like you just walked into your grave. You know, mm-hmm. you just made every person suffering from claustrophobia pull their right. car over to the side of the road and start taking their breathe. You're right in that cellar. Roll the window down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was like. That's scary. It, it was scary. Mm. It was scary. Mm. Anyway. Mm. Anyway. I thought that was interesting. When, that is interesting. Uh, to, uh, you know, find out what was inside all of your grandparents' home. Oh, yeah. It's memory lane, man. Speaking of being inside. Oh. Hop on the Segway. <laughs> Where's it going? You know what's unfortunate is I still never see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I should at this point. Mm. Uh, we uh, continued on with our series Inside, series on the Holy Spirit mm. this Sunday at high point. And, um, uh, you started the message yesterday. It was, it was funny. You started, uh, talking about the guy who ranks your sermons. Oh yeah. Can we throw him under the bus? I don't know if I should. Why? <laughs> Did you talk about that in the second service? 
I don't know if I mentioned it in the second service. You know why? Because he was in there. Because he was in there. <laughs> That's why I didn't say it. He was in there. All right. Yeah. We won't throw him under the bus. No, he really was. So, <laughs> I, I will say he was in there sitting on the front row. That's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but last week, um, last week you talked about outside voice, voices, uh, outside voices versus inside voices. Mm-hmm. And this week we kind of got into how do you recognize when the inside voice or the, I guess, outside voice, whatever. But how do you recognize when it's the Holy Spirit speaking versus another voice? Mm. And the text was um, <clears throat> from John chapter 10. Mm-hmm. We read verse 14, and then we did uh, verses 24 through 27. I don't have any of the scripture in my notes here. I just have what it was. So I don't, know, um, I don't know if any, you want to read any of it. Yeah, let me read 14 and 15 here. Uh, 10, he said, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And just as the Father knows me, I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Yeah. And then in verse 24, Jesus runs into some Jewish religious leaders mm-hmm. in that same chapter. And they're like, you know, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you're if you're the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Yeah. So that's your foundational text mm-hmm. for that we should be able to discern the difference in voices here. Right. You'll just have to stop me uh, and cover whatever you want to cover because I know I'm going to skip over a ton of stuff. Oh, that's fine. I wrote down the stuff that just like really kind of jumped out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so because the very first thing I have after that is going straight to the illust- the video of the farmer. Oh, yeah. 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 Where you showed the video of the farmer and, and some people have probably seen. I had actually seen that before on social media, I believe, when they um, – but it's like – three or four people or whatever trying to call a group of sheep Mm -hmm. and they go out there and the farmer tells them kind of what sound to make Mm -hmm. and they go out there and do it and it doesn't work. Um, you know, but then when he calls them, they all start, all their heads start popping up Mm -hmm. and looking and all that. So, Mm. um, not just that they ran to him. mm -hmm. Mm. Yep. That's a powerful, powerful imagery there. Mm -hmm. And they were, and they were, what do you call it? Ban? Bad. I mean, bad. making their making their sound that they yeah. make. They're bad, but yeah, yeah, they were. That was big because I think that image is also a picture of like, and and I mentioned it. I referenced it later in the message, but I can say it now that that they were bringing it in, yeah. so to speak. It's yeah. like they had been scattered out, and when they heard the voice, the father's voice, the shepherd's voice, mm-hmm. they were bringing it in tight. You know. Right. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the the next note I have says, to recognize the Father's voice, we must know the Father and know His ways. And from mm-hmm. there, you went into the four markers that we need to learn to know that, that God is speaking, essentially. Yeah, there, there are distinct markers that I think we have to continue to grow in and get better in or learn more and more about, because I think... Uh, I think we're bad about, you know, not recognizing uh, or, you know, voices that we're not familiar with. And so, you know, like I even mentioned a a study that was done, like if you were to hear your own recorded voice message, do you think you could pick your voice out of a lineup? Mm -hmm. And 
and most everybody believes they can, but in that study, only like 30% of the, those, um, you know, in the study actually were able to pick out their voice. Really? Yeah. And Hmm. so, so, uh, but then those same people heard a voice, like a familiar voice, maybe it was a voice of their mother or their spouse or something like that. Right. And they immediately picked it out. Hmm. And so, so just goes to show you how we think we know ourselves, but we don't. Yeah. Yeah. But we're, but when we are familiar with a, with a particular sounding of a voice, then it resonates differently with us. Yeah. And we're able to not only recognize it, but in that study, they found out that those people are more willing to do whatever that voice says. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the four markers, starting with number one, the the first one was learn the volume. Uh, Mm -hmm. You talked about how God, uh, throughout Scripture, there's there's no real instances of God ever screaming or yelling or shouting at His people. Uh, Obviously, there's instances in Scripture where God does something to really get a point across in a dramatic way, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. part the Red Sea, yeah, uh, you know, the, yeah. the earthquake at the crucifixion, yeah. you know, there's their nature, spectacular wonders. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. as far as his voice itself, mm-hmm. um, you know, I know there's, there's probably instances where he spoke, uh, you know, such as like at the, you know, uh, where it was obvious that it was God speaking, yeah. like the burning bush and things mm-hmm. like that. But, <clears throat> but it doesn't, it never says that he yells or screams or shouts. Mm-hmm. And use the the illustration of Elijah, yeah, like uh, God speaking in this still small voice. I I like that illustration. I've I've always been fond of the story of Elijah. Did you know? Uh, I don't. I'm sure you didn't know this. Um, my brother wrote a song about that scripture. Really, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. What the, name? The name of the, the name of the song is still small voice. Ah. Uh. Mm. Yeah, it was. It was you have sent that to me. Oh, it's a long time ago, and that's I was actually googling because I was trying to see if I could find the lyrics. Yeah. yeah, so I could read them to y'all. Yeah, because I I vaguely even remember the song. Yeah, uh, it was on one of the first albums that he recorded, in like you know a mm-hmm. long time ago. But mm-hmm. um, but I like the point where you said you know sometimes the loudest person in the room is the weakest. Mm. The dog with the loudest bark is one is sometimes the one who is most afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of things I tried to relate that to in my mind. Uh, some of them's probably unhealthy, but <laughs> I was. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> mm. <laughs> but I think there, there's probably I I I gotta fin- I gotta follow those thoughts out. But I was trying to uh, I was trying to relate that to all sorts of different things. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um. An inside voice should never use its outside voice. And, and the reason I said that was because I really, really think that that's probably the easiest indicator of like discernment mm-hmm. in terms of like which voice to listen to. Um, because, because if you've got an inside voice that is shouting at you, um, that needs to be a red flag for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and if it consumes you, and it's always the first one you hear, because the loudest voice is always going to be the first one you hear. Mm-hmm. the The quietest, gentle voice will always be the last one. Right. Yeah. So that was my last note in that section. So know the, know the volume. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can can I give an give an example? No. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Next. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, you take someone. You know, imagine, imagine, 
you know, yourself getting, I don't know, somebody says something to you, maybe your spouse said it to you, or, or maybe somebody, you know, has offended you in some way or whatever, you know, you have to think about what, what's the first thoughts that come to your mind when you hear that, you know, mm-hmm. cause you're mad, you're angry, you know, you're trying to process it and stuff. And, you know, when you're offended, there's only, there's a couple of ways you can look at it. There's going to be two voices that are going to be speaking to you. One is going to say, don't let them get away with that. Don't let them talk to you that way. Mm-hmm. Who do they think they are? You know, they don't know you, whatever. And, and you hear those voices, but then you also have another voice that is love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be the sons of your father who is in heaven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which voice do you think you're going to hear first? Right. Yeah. Right. So, so then I kind of explained this kind of helps us understand why we always have remorse after we've reacted to a situation, mm-hmm. maybe later, a day later, a week later, a month later, we're driving and we think back on that incident and we're like, I shouldn't have said that. I, 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 I went with the wrong thought, thought line there. Mm-hmm. If I had to do it over, boom, right? Yeah. And so that's why I said, really, the better version of yourself mm-hmm. is never the one that people really see. Yeah. Because the best version of you is the person who's had time to think about it. Mm-hmm. And now you're listening to a different voice and you've probably had scripture <laughs> come in there yeah. and go, gosh, I can't believe I fell for that, you know, right. and stuff. And so I, I just think that that is a huge, huge thing that people miss out on when they're trying to discern the voice of God versus the other voices that are m- mainly flesh, not spirit. Yeah. Um. The second marker was learn the language. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I like how you pointed that out. You know, God knows every language as far as spoken language, but he speaks to us through one language, that being, you know, his word. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I like where you said, you know, you get get to know the Bible, you'll get to know the Holy Spirit's voice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then you the the illustrative part of this, this one was talking about how learning languages. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked about, you know, learning languages, you know, starts with the most common words, like, and then that's when you used your accent. I did. I think at some yeah. point. Como esta? What are the most? Como yeah. esta? <laughs> How uh, are Spanish you? Spanish and Japanese combined. This is <laughs> but, the word you must say. But they were, uh, you were talking about people will lo- learn the most common words and you mm-hmm. shared some of the most common words in the Bible, you know, Lord, God, man, Israel, people. Mm-hmm. Did um, y'all know that? I did not. I've heard something like that before. Did, mm-hmm. All right. So I don't know. You may have changed this up in second service, but in first service, like I, I felt like I could have improved your point. Uh, oh, <laughs> please, please. Just no, no, I, really I, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. You <laughs> said what I'm about to say. Okay. But you just said it in a different way. Okay. Because you talked about the guy wanting to learn Mandarin and mm-hmm. changing, changing, changing his phone to Mandarin yeah. and all that. But here's what I wanted you to say the whole time mm-hmm. is like, what's the most effective way to really learn a language? Mm. So just force yourself to speak it. Yeah. But how do you do that? So, for instance, you if, you, live if, with it. If, if you want to learn how to speak Portuguese... You go to Portugal. Yeah, or Brazil. Yeah, yeah they speak yeah. it in Brazil. <laughs> that, make, that was a bad example. My bad. Uh, but anyway, if you want to learn, you know, a Japanese, you know, language, whatever. Go to China. <laughs> okay. It's falling apart here. 
I'm with you. So what you if say you want to learn how to speak Australian, you go to Outback. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say about improving the point? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is falling apart. Uh, no, but Joey just said it. The The way that you really, really learn in language, and if you talk to people who are fluent in a language, mm-hmm. they'll say you can get very, very skilled at a language, but if you want to become fluent in a, yeah. in a language, you have to force yourself to live in that environment. In other words, you have to immerse yourself in immerse it. Immerse yeah. yourself yeah. in it. Immersion yeah. is the live only foolproof way. And I felt like that was such a strong tie-in to your point. It's yeah. like mm-hmm. you really want to get to know the voice of the Holy Spirit, immerse yourself in God's Word. Yeah. 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 To your, to your point, I have a friend whose wife uh, is a Spanish teacher, mm-hmm. and uh, but she they were going to hire her to teach Spanish, but she didn't feel like she... She felt like she had it technically, but she didn't feel like she owned it. Right. And so her and her husband went and moved and lived in Spain for a year. Yeah. Just so that she could learn, mm-hmm. you know, and it was funny, my friend calling me from Spain going, you're not going to believe this. And like just sharing all these new experiences and stuff. Yeah. And so I see your point about that in God's word. Like, how are you, how are you going to be fluent in Bible, be fluent in the Bible's language if you're not immersed in it? Right. You and I, I've had those same conversations with people who knew textbook. Spanish. Right. They knew the language from a textbook standpoint. They could answer all the questions on the test correctly. Mm-hmm. But then practically speaking, real world, yeah. if you put them out there and you threw them into a group of Hispanic people, yeah. they couldn't effectively carry on the conversation. They they knew enough, obviously, to communicate because they knew the language right. textbook. Yeah. But see, that's and here's here's where I would say this would might have maybe slightly improved the point, is to say that... <laughs> so. For example, that's someone who comes into into church every Sunday and listens to your message and then walks out and never touches their Bible. Mm-hmm. And then yep. they come back. So they're getting a lot of great information, but yeah. until they immerse themselves in it that's themselves, it. you see what I mean? Yeah. Yep. They can never practically flesh it out in a real-world environment. That's right. That I felt like that was like a really but, – but anyway, that was a great point, and you mm-hmm. made that exact point. You just said it differently. Yeah. That's all. Um, the third marker was learn the contradictions. Mm. And this kind of ties in to that, to number two, mm-hmm. is the Holy Spirit will never lead or guide you to do something contrary to God's word. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The illustration there was to use the Ten Commandments as your guide. Like mm-hmm. if you need to start basic, start right there with the Ten Commandments. Like, if there is any thought in your mind about cheating, stealing, or lying, or jealousy, or adultery, or harming someone else, that you can just know for right off the gate, that's clearly not from the Spirit. Right. Yeah, And it's crazy how people will justify their thoughts that are literally jealousy, or, mm-hmm. you know, lying, or stealing, yeah. and, and, they, and somehow justify it in their mind because... That it, oh, it's not a big deal to God. That's not a big deal to God. Well, it was it, it was in the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. you know. And like I use the example of like when you're on social media, and you're looking at somebody's like Facebook photos or something, and they've just gotten back from, you know, Bermuda or something like that. You know, just some, you know, Barbados or something like that. That just literally, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, I hadn't even been on vacation, and this is their seventh one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like what what 
And somehow we justify that in our mind to continue that train of thought. It never even registers with us that, wait a minute, I'm envying something that belongs to a neighbor. And Exodus 20, 17 says, don't set your heart on anything that is your neighbor's. (laughs) But yet we look at other stuff and we envy... And and so to me, those are like just no brainers. Yeah, that have got to like become no brainers for you. Like mm-hmm. you've got to call those thoughts out. I mean, we're told um, by Paul to 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 take captive those thoughts, you know, and stuff like that. So I mean, it's uh, it's not easy to do. It sounds simple when you're just talking out it, you know, talking it out like this. But um, I you know I think when you think things like that, you got to be like, you know. Lord, don't let me set my heart on anything that is my neighbor's. It yeah. is not their fault that I am jealous. It is not their fault that I envy their life, you know? Right. So I like that. It's like God's word is your guardrail. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the fourth marker was um, learn the recognition. Um, I thought that was funny, and it gave me an idea for the podcast, and then I totally forgot about it until just now. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, okay. when you said uh, recognize, you use the example of like recognizing celebrity voices. Mm-hmm. If you were to play them back, yeah. would people mm-hmm. be able to recognize them? I thought about, in that moment, I was like, oh, I'm going to set that up and do that live on the oh, podcast. Oh, that would have been good. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm I started sorry. to do like Morgan Freeman, Harry yeah. Connick Jr., you know, all those different I dropped, guys. I dropped the ball. I'm so sorry. Mm, how, yeah. how do you feel like you would do with that? I'm going to tell you straight up, I feel like I'd be exceptional. <laughs> I'd like to put you up against Matt, because Matt is really, Ooh. like, we'll be watching, a, like, a kid's a, movie. An animated movie, yeah, same he'll thing. Be like, so oh, that's so-and-so, his name is so-and-so, and he is in this show, and I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah that, I'm not good that's at That's the that. tiger. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I do the same thing to Cass. I'm like, when we're watching something, I'm like, yeah. you recognize who that is? And she's like, no. And sometimes it, it bothers because it'll like mm-hmm. ruin it for. Her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> when you find out, oh, I don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I like that character. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm not good at that. I'm Googling through a movie all the time. You know, just like, wait a minute, that voice sounds familiar, but yeah. I don't know who it is. And then it's just bothering me. You have know? you ever noticed, little side note, have you ever noticed how in animated movies they design the character to look like the person oh, doing yeah. the voice? Sometimes they oh, do. Yeah. It can be trippy once you realize who's mm-hmm. doing the voice and you're like, Oh, it looks like him. <laughs> uh, like Kung Fu Panda and Jack Black? Yeah. <laughs> I was kidding. I was but kidding. Yeah. Mr. Black, if you're listening. Yes. I was sorry, joking. Mr. Jack. Yeah. But yes. <laughs> Tiffany doubled down on it. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. They're both round. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love Jack Black, for the record. Well, uh, you know, but I will say... The one thing that I think that a lot of people missed, because see, now see, this is the beauty of listening to Sunday Gravy. You you get the real story, right? Mm-hmm. But I really, when I did uh, this fourth one, learn the recognition. I really felt like a lot of people missed, even though I talked about it a bit. I think a lot of people missed that what I was talking about was recognizing the voice of the enemy. Yeah, like recognizing yeah. his his intent and the way he. He, he plays with our flesh, and there's such a battle between flesh and spirit kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. No, I got that because I, I, okay. I, the part that I, that I zoomed in on was, you know, when you said we really don't want to know the Holy Spirit's voice because ignorance is bliss. Yes. Mm. Yeah. You know, yes. what the, now this is immediately, though, I went to my message from Saturday 
that I gave, or not message, but Bob, the study that I gave, I was doing the apologetics, study, apologetics thing on mm-hmm. Saturday for those students because I talked about Romans one eighteen where we suppress the truth. Mm-hmm. So the same thing you just say, because saying suppress the truth, you could also say, um, you know, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. And it, cause usually when somebody says ignorance is bliss, and this was the point that I made to them and, and to, and to your point too, is exactly what you were saying. Usually when you, when somebody, when somebody's saying that about themselves, they're not saying that they're truly ignorant. No. What they're saying is, I'm I, ignorant by choice. By choice. Mm-hmm. I've chosen not to know the details. Yeah. Yes. And, um, uh, <clears throat> and and we 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 addressed that in this series at some point. I, it may have been as early as last week, mm-hmm. but I talked about like people think disobedience to God is looking at God and God, you know, giving them some kind of command and them going, "Nope, I'm not going to do it." Right. Actually, disobedience more often than not looks like ignorance. Mm-hmm. It looks like, um, you know, I don't. I don't remember you saying that to me, God. I didn't. I'm gonna pret- I, pretend that's not happening. I'm yeah. good. Yeah, like or, or, I don't remember. I'm maybe sure maybe even, you probably dropped that on me at some youth camp somewhere. Yeah. And even though I've been suffering the consequences of it for the last 20 years, I don't really remember it's that. It's the same yeah. as like the guy who doesn't do the um, who doesn't write the essay in class, mm-hmm. and it's on the syllabus, and the teacher has talked about it multiple times. Mm-hmm. But then he comes in there and is like, uh, are you sure you sure. said that? Exactly. <laughs> My kids like, do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember I don't, you I don't saying remember that. you saying that, Mom. Think no, about how, it was very clear. <laughs> are you, think, think about that from a foundational standpoint, how evil that really is. Oh, my gosh. Man. Are you sure God said don't eat of that tree? <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Wow. Uh, from a foundational standpoint, that is like wow. yeah. you don't get any more darker than that. That's um, but that the, man, it I mean, in yeah. So, what do you do when the children of light suppress the light? It tied in so strongly, though. I to see that a series message coming. That <laughs> when I was going through Romans, one of the one of the quotes that stuck with us the entire time was a was a quote from uh, Tim Tim Keller's commentary, um, and it was on Romans one eighteen mm-hmm. about suppressing the mm-hmm. truth. Mm-hmm. And the quote that I kept bringing up over and over all throughout the book of Romans was, we know, but we don't know because we don't want to know. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the illustration that I used, and I used it Saturday uh, when talking to those students, was um, at the end of World War II when the Allies moved in and they were you know, progressing forward and taking over these Nazi-controlled areas. The first area that, that the Allied forces came to that they took over where a concentration camp was was uh, in a town called Ordruf, Germany, and it was the first part. It was the first space that we moved into and took over. Um, that it was the first time that we had seen a, one of those camps with our own eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, but prior mm. to this, no, none of the Allied forces, no Americans, no, no, none of us had actually. We knew they existed. And we had heard about them. We knew what we knew they were there, but we had never actually laid eyes on them. Mm-hmm. And so, when the, when the Allies started moving in, Nazis tried to clean, you know, tried to get everything in order, like mm-hmm. move everything out, and yeah. and they couldn't clean up their mess quick enough. So, when the Allies showed up, when we finally took over that that town, we found hundreds, if not thousands, of dead bodies. And they say that <clears throat> when they moved in and took over that space, uh, within. Just a few hours, General Patton was on the scene, and when he, 
the the story goes that when he when he steps out of the vehicle and he takes in the scene there that he immediately vomited. Mm -hmm. He was so disgusted with what he saw Mm. and get this though. So he, he calls for the mayor of that town and his wife to come inside the walls of the camp that Mm -hmm. they had been locked out of that they couldn't see. And he calls for them to come inside of the, the walls of that camp. And, and he wants them to take in the scene of what they had to have known was happening inside their town. And then get to, you know you want to talk about something that makes you fired up and go go allies, then General Patton and and the Allied soldiers force every able bodied man that lived in Udruf, Germany, t- to come retrieve the bodies of those people, go dig individual graves for all of them, and then forced every single soul in the town to attend a mass funeral for them. Mm-hmm. Wow, is that not powerful? Wow. So get this, then after all that's done and they move on and our forces, you know, some of our troops are still there kind of cleaning cleaning things up after the fact, but Patton has well moved on. Uh, a couple of days later, he gets he gets word that the mayor of Ordruf and his wife had both committed suicide. They hung themselves. Mm-hmm. And on their, on their nightstand uh, in their house, they left a suicide note. And all it said was this, we didn't know, dot, 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 but we knew. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Living in denial. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we do, like to your point mm-hmm. in the message on Sunday, that's exactly what we do is we suppress the truth mm. to the point of we ignorance is bliss. Yeah. And we say we want to know what the voice of the Holy Spirit is, but we really don't want to yeah. know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just recently heard, because I, I, I think this thing has a lot of strings to it, like as far as applicable um, one of those was I heard a guy not too long ago talking about friendship and talking about, and he was using Proverbs 27. I was, I was kind of looking some of this stuff up here, Proverbs 27, um, where it, it basically talks about iron sharpening iron and all this kind of stuff, but it, it, it all led to friendship and it was, and he, he was using an ax and he was talking about sharpening an axe and everything and stuff. And he said, and he had a like a grindstone that, you know, that you would sharpen an axe or whatever. And and he kept hitting the axe and like doing like, you know, like he's sharpening it. And it was, you know, clanging and, you know, making a loud noise. And he said, he said, he said, I'm here to tell you what's wrong with friendships today is you don't hear this. Hmm. He was like, we don't. We don't tell our friends what they need to hear. We don't yeah. sharpen mm-hmm. our friends. We we know that they're making a mistake, but we don't say anything. We mm. know that they've got this in their life, but we don't call it out. Why? Yeah. And he pulled out he pulled out a whole thing of silly putty. He said, Why? Because really the only thing we care about is having silly things with our friends. You know, let's talk about silly stuff so that we don't have to talk about the real hard stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. he said, I'm here to tell you. He said if if someone is not willing to tell you the truth, they're not your friend. Yep. Yeah. And uh, but what's crazy though is, and I'm sure a lot of people listening would agree with this. How many times have you told somebody the truth and they're no longer your friend? Oh yeah. yeah. You know, and it's for those reasons that we 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 kind of allow ourselves to kind of pull back into a corner and say, nope. You know, better. Better not to to miss and get my hands dirty, right? Don't rock the boat and stuff. But you know what I've learned? Here's what I've learned: if you don't tell your friends the truth, they're still going to not be your friend. They won't be your friend. It just hasn't been made official. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? 
And so I, I, to me, I think biblical friendship is something that um, we're, we're all missing. Um, a lot of people in churches today, they're involved in community life, but they can't tell you that they actually have friends, you know? Yeah. And that's true in leadership too. Like if you're listening and you're in leadership, there's a good chance your wife, as a pastor, you need to know your wife's probably lonely. She probably doesn't have friends. And if you were to talk to her about it, she would just be like, you know, I just, you know, we've been burnt so many times. We just don't know and stuff. And I, I think biblical friendship is something that the church is going to have to really get serious about. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that, I think it's most definitely, definitely needed. And um, I, I don't, I don't know if friendship, it should be an option. I, I think friendships in a lot of ways can do things that your spouse can't do, can do things that, you know, you know, a pastor couldn't do. I think friendships could be in a lot of ways uh, a matter of life, a life and death, really. So should we rank the sermon? I tell you what, why don't y'all rank it and I'll compare it to this guy because he's going to send it to me. It comes out, his rankings usually come out about Tuesday, Wednesday after he's had time to think about it. And I think his criteria is, is it still bothering me? Mm. About middle of the week, am I still bothered by that sermon? And then he ranks it. Mm, That's funny. (laughs) That's funny. I don't think I could do that. I don't think Mm -mm. I could rank a sermon. I will say over the last two weeks, he he will never give me like a low, low number, but over the last two weeks, he's given me nines, which are rare for him. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's it's, the reason I say that, I'm not trying to be like holier than thou. The reason I say that, though, is I'll listen to somebody, I'll listen to a message and I'll be like, that was a dud. You know, um, (laughs) or I wouldn't really think that, but like I'll think like that wasn't their best effort. You know, right, that kind right. of thing. But then inevitably, when I think that, there'll be something in there that like yeah. pokes at me later on. That's, that's right. what I mean. Yeah. So, that's why yeah. I wouldn't rank it now is because I'm going to come out of it going, that was pretty good. And then three weeks later, I'm like, oh, man. Well, that just it, hit me so hard. Well, <laughs> it's really like an, it's really almost kind of like a counterintuitive statement uh-huh. because think about it. If the sermon was really good, you hated it. Sure. Think about that. Yeah. You know, like yeah. if the sermon really stepped on your toes, convicted you, you know, mm-hmm. really, you know, brought you to a place of conviction. Yeah. I can assure you, you're not going to give me a nine or 10 on right. that. Yeah. Probably the ones I get nine or 10 are the ones that people are coming to me going, I wish so-and-so would have heard that message. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. I'll say the one, I'm, I'm kidding. The sermon that affected me most in my life, I walked out of going, yeah, that was geared towards this group. That wasn't really for me. And mm. by bedtime that night, yeah. I was under such mm. heavy conviction. Well, yeah. and the or like the what I'll say a lot of times in my Bible study because I'm boring is I'll say um, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a great quote. It's from a guy named um, uh, Matt Smith Smithhurst, I think is his name. But anyway, he put this out one time. And I was like, man, I really needed to hear that because I can be boring sometimes or a lot of times. But it was, uh, you know, for instance, like you don't. You remember some of the, like, you remember where you were when you ate, like, the greatest steak you've ever eaten. Yeah. Or you remember, like, this mm-hmm. pasta at this place. Or you remember this amazing chocolate cake or cheesecake or whatever, or this amazing, you know, shrimp or whatever. So you remember these highlight things in your life. Um, but 
that's it. Like if I asked you, you know, if I said, you know, on this day three years ago, Mm -hmm. what did you eat for lunch that day? Mm -hmm. Right. But the fact that the the truth of the matter is whatever, or what did you eat for lunch that week? And you wouldn't be able to tell me what you ate for lunch, breakfast, lunch, or dinner, any one of those days necessarily. Right. Um, or that week after you got back from that trip when you had that amazing thing, that next week, what did you eat for your meals? Mm. You won't remember. And the point being is but because you actually ate meals that day, you're still alive today. And so the point mm. is that mm-hmm. God and the Holy Spirit uses very forgettable sermons to nourish and beautify the bride. You. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that so I have to, I remind people of that because I'm boring sometimes. Mm. <laughs> a lot of times I'm, like, I like that excuse Yeah, I'm going to use that It's like this What I'm telling you right now will be very, May be very forgettable But that doesn't mean It's not bringing you nourishment hmm. I like it So It's you know it's just a good one liner If you're We need if to you, put that on a t-shirt and If you feel like you're, If you feel like you're laying, Every time we're leading a Bible study Yeah if you feel like you're laying an egg Yeah <laughs> It's just kind of like a You know Yeah Let me throw that out there <laughs> That's it That's it that's it. <laughs> it lets me sleep at night. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. All right. That's good stuff. Well, yep. what we got going on? What we got going on? Uh, Wednesday nights, 6.30. Yep. Mm-hmm. This Wednesday night, we're doing a switcheroo. Yeah. Um, so switcheroozy. Switcheroozy. Yes. Um, yeah, so uh, normally I teach Project 28, mm-hmm. um, and Blake leads the Bible study. But this Wednesday, Blake and I are switching. So he's going to be doing Project 28, and I am going to be, for the next two weeks, teaching the Bible study in the main uh, worship center. And if you are one of those participants, just to give you a little bit of an insider, we're going to be talking about—we're going to do a two-part thing where we're going to look at the pattern of this world. Mm. The pattern, not patterns, singular. The pattern of this world. Interesting. I hope you have a good crowd, but if you have like three times the crowd, I'm gonna take two weeks off and then quit. <laughs> uh, I'm teasing. It's been I, I it's, mean, it's been pretty decent lately. Yeah. But if you have like three times the number of people, no, that's not gonna happen. I'm gonna be mad. That's not gonna happen. I'm gonna get my feelings. I need started. everybody to show up Wednesday night just just so <laughs> you're, you're just the so they can see me pout. Just to make Blake feel bad. So they can see me pout. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I would love mm. for people to come. Just remember your illustration. I know. I know. Mm. When you ask how many people came to Bible study, we're not gonna tell you because apparently ignorance is bliss. Mm. I'll just keep suppressing the truth. <laughs> Is there anything else? Oh, man. Mm, That's Uh, it. That's it. uh, We do. I mean, just we can't go ahead now and officially state that October, or did we have? I think we talked about it last week. Did we? Okay. October 29th is going to be our trunk or treat. So a lot of you have been asking about that. We are doing trunk, the trunks contest and everything. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. get yourself signed up, get yourself involved Mm -hmm. with that. We'll have a sign up sheet on the Connections Corner this Sunday. Starting we'll put it, this we'll Sunday. put it online. Yeah, we'll have it online yeah. too. That'd be the easiest way for them to sign yeah. up. Okay, yeah. it'd be online. We can. That'll also good. put it in our uh, 
all of our systems so we can contact people. But they, okay. as well. but yeah, we'll have them a way to sign up there. If I'm sorry, I'm old school. I, I still <laughs> think <laughs> I still think you signed. We'll a piece put a of QR paper. code. Pastor Joey said you, you signed up at Fifth Sunday Potluck, and then. <laughs> We'll put a QR code. Is that a good compromise? Who are you doing an accent over? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it was apparently it's, Ter- it's Terry, Prine's, yeah. Terry, Terry Prine's brother-in-law. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. <laughs> By the way, when, when Terry Pines left that voicemail for me, yeah. my wife was in tears. <laughs> she was bawling. She was laughing so wow. hard. So He's a generous soul. I'm telling you, Terry, get ready, folks. Terry Pines is going to make a he's going to make an appearance this Christmas. Like the Jelly of the Month Club, the gift that keeps on, on giving. giving. That's it. Stare <laughs> forever. All right. All right. Awesome. Bye. Sounds good. Later. Bye. Sandy Grevy.